Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now here's your host, Tom Singer. Oh my gosh, you have found the next episode of Making Waves at Sea Level. Thank you so much for selecting this podcast. Let's face it, there are lots of choices in the podcast world, and yet, here you are listening to Making Waves at Sea Level. We are quickly approaching our seventh year and 700 episodes. And I'll tell you what, I am so glad I started the show. I remember when I started it back in 2014, people were like, what, a podcast? Everybody's starting a podcast. That's so lame. How is that going to help you? Well, it has been a major driver of my business, but more importantly, it has allowed me to interview really cool people who are shaking things up and making waves in business. And today, we're going to have one of those interviews that you're going to want to take notes. But before we get started, I have to thank one of the sponsors of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Stanton Chase International, one of the leading global executive search firms serving as trusted advisors to help companies build their senior leadership teams. Now, full disclosure, I work for Stanton Chase International. So if you're looking to expand your company, you need to find that VP level, C-level executive who's going to come in and make waves so that you can grow. Stanton Chase has to be on your shortlist of the search firms you talk to. And you can reach out to me directly because we want to help you thrive. All right, so speaking of helping you thrive and growing, today's guest is Cheryl Jones. Now, Cheryl helps people change so they can chase their dreams. She is awesome at helping people change their mindset so that they can do more. She's a coach, she's a speaker, she's an author, she has her own podcast, and right now, she is the guest on Making Waves at Sea Level. Hey, Cheryl, welcome to the show. Hey, Tom, it's great to be here. I'm glad to be making waves with you. That's right. So, Cheryl, give us a little bit of background about your career. Where did you start and how did how did you grow into being being a coach? I was a very small fish in a very large pond. Um, my career started out in the hospitality industry, working for hotels and restaurants. And I love that industry. It was like in my DNA. And I worked in that industry, went to school for that, the whole nine yards, and spent about 10, 12 years in the industry working for major hotels, as well as an, a, a marine theme park. And uh, so that was a little unique there. And, you know, in terms of hospitality, you may or may not think of a of a marine theme park as, hosp- as part would, of hospitality. Would that be a marine theme park in San Antonio? It would be. One with a killer whale. Would, Shemu, would, 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 would it be like a, a world of an ocean or something like that? <laughs> something like that. Exactly. I, I don't <laughs> let people I don't let people hide things. You didn't say SeaWorld. Dang it, we were going to say it. Okay. It was SeaWorld. I opened SeaWorld of Texas back in the day. It was 1988. Eight? Holy cow. Anyway, that just sounds like a million years ago. And I trained, what, for about 1,600 people in about nine months to get that park open. And that was just one department single-handedly. I was the only trainer. It was wow. crazy. Wow. Um, the, the, the thing is, is that 
that progressed forward. And I realized I love training and I love developing people and, and helping them see things differently, think about things differently and explore ideas and try on new behaviors. And that's what I got to do as a trainer. And I really liked having influence. And so after I left SeaWorld, um, I broke out and did my own thing where I contracted to organizations. So I, you know, I worked with large organizations and small, maybe one you might recognize since we're name dropping is the San Antonio Spurs. I spent seven seasons with them, not working with the team, but I was there during our first world championship. And it was all about how do we bring everybody together, communicate more effectively to put on a better show. And of course, a lot of it's up to the players, but at the back of the house, everybody that takes from parking attendants to, you know, to ticket takers, to uh, the vendors, the food vendors all make a difference. So, Kind of, I that was when I was doing my own business. It was an absolute blast, and so I kind of kept doing that for a number of years, working with large and small organizations. From what are some of the most interesting mortuaries? Um, you know, you would think that funeral home people might not have a lot of personality, but I found out that they are the funniest people I've ever met. Oh, yeah. I have presented at the Association of Funeral Directors, and I will tell you, they're, they're a lot of fun. The one thing, though, that I learned, because I, I talked to a friend who had been a funeral director before I went there, and he said, don't make like jokes like, oh, I've been dying to speak to your association. He goes, because everybody makes those jokes. And so mm-hmm. what I did is in my speech, I worked in that as I was preparing to be with them, I talked to a friend of mine who'd had a career in their industry and, you know, he gave me some really good insights. And then I told a joke about him saying, don't open with a joke about, oh, I'm dying to be here. And afterwards, people were coming up and like hugging me and shaking my hand. They're like, every speaker says, oh, we're dying to speak to your group. (laughs) And they're like, the fact that you didn't do it, you know, and, 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 you know, was, was, was a plus and that you let us know you knew not to do it was a plus. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's so, awesome. So your, awesome. your business over the years since you've been working for yourself has taken a lot of different twists and turns and, and, and <sighs> shapes. What is it today? What, what, what do you focus on today? So today I'm really about really trying to help people change their mindsets so that they can be more in control of their happiness and their careers. I mean, I think we put a lot, generally speaking, I would say our age group and those following us probably put a lot of emphasis on, on our careers and how well we're doing. And we, we equate that to our level of happiness kind of thing. And so what happens is we end up in, stuck in careers that we're not happy in and it's not just careers just all kinds of relationships and we think that we can't do anything about them and the truth is is that that's just a mindset it's just a way of thinking a habitual way of thinking that has us stuck in a pattern of doing the same thing over and over and over again when if we start to change that new possibilities come about new doors open new um you know new opportunities show up that we never expected so i have found that what you said is entirely true that so often we self-identify by how we're doing in our in our career and and i got a double dose of a lesson of this during during the pandemic because i had had 10 years you know as a professional speaker my business had grown year over year and then the live meetings business went away and it was a big kick in the ego and the teeth if you will Mm. uh having that that sort of ripped away for the time being. It's coming back now, but for a year and a half, there there really wasn't a live meetings industry. And so, you know, boom, I got crushed and I had to learn to sort of change how I looked at things. But one of the things I found is that 
our thoughts can actually mislead us. We have a lot of preconceived notions and a lot of decisions that we make for the world that we just live in our own brain. So is this something that you find with your clients that, that their thoughts, you know, they, they see the world one way when the reality is it's a lot of different ways? Absolutely. Um, well, for instance, um, I remember somebody telling me just recently that, yeah, the ratio was 30 to one. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And it was somebody in sales. And they said, yeah, you have to make 30 phone calls before you get that one. Yes. And I'm like, why, why couldn't it be four? Why is it 30? Why do you make up that it's 30? Well, that's what they told me in sales training. And I'm like, and then uh, that just makes me go crazy when I hear, you know, people say stuff like that, that doesn't necessarily have to be true for them. And in fact, one point, one exact point was I had a client that came to me who's in medical uh, equipment sales. And she said, I got this one device and I have to sell this $135 device or I'm not going to make my quota and therefore I won't get my bonuses. And then you're on and on and on. Right. And I said, she said, but nobody wants this device. And she was so focused on selling the device, not on what the device did for her potential client, which was the hospital. And I said, well, let's, let's talk about this. And then she's, and she says, well, I have to make all these calls and I have to do this and I have to do that. And I'm like, why do you have to do it that way? Well, that's how they taught it to me in training. That's how I'm supposed to do it. I said, what if you just called up the purchasing agent at the hospital and just said, Hey, I wanted to see if I could sit down with you for 15 minutes and buy you a cup of coffee. What do you think might happen? And she said, well, I, I, I never thought of that, <laughs> you know? And so as a result of us working through some of the preconceived, preconceived notions that she had or mindset that she had, she, decided she would do just that thing. And let me tell you that she and the purchasing agent just hit it off immediately. She knows all about this woman's history and her kids and the whole nine yards. And the woman bought three. Well, her quota was to sell four and she'd already sold one. So, I mean, you know, maybe some of our mindset is what's getting us stuck, you know, and keeping us from moving forward, keeping us from having what we really want, you know. So how did you choose to focus on mindset and what are some things that the audience needs to know if they want to make waves in business, what do they need to shift? So I think the first thing you have to do is think about what is you got to pay attention to what your thoughts are and what is it that you keep telling yourself over and over again? Oh, I have to make 30 phone calls before I get for sale. You know, what kinds of things? Oh, I've got to get past the gatekeeper. We've heard that. Um, you know, just different, different things that you say to yourself that, imply a limitation or something that keeps you from being able to, to make, make forward movement. We do this in our organizations too. We hold group think around stuff and group think is something we all agree on that. Oh yeah, we can't break into that market or um, we can't create this new product for some reason, but it's all made up. It's all made up but we've all bought into it. As soon as we start breaking and shattering those beliefs that are limiting us, lots of things are a possibility. So you have to become aware of it initially. That's the first thing. And then once you start looking at what's holding, you know, what those limitations are, if you'll start thinking about, well, what are some other options? You know, it could it be possible? Then you've got, then you're starting to open the door to those new possibilities. One of the things that, how I ended up learning about mindset is that I saw a therapist a lot when I was in my college years. 
first of all, my mother is a counseling psychologist, and if it wasn't enough to be practiced on while she was getting her PhD, um, yeah, I was left with a lot of my own baggage that needed to be resolved after my parents were divorced. So, um, so I saw a therapist, and and that kind of got me curious about why humans do what they do. And as I studied more psychology and other kinds of things, and realized that. I had a set mindset about certain things and then I realized I could change it. And that's part of what my book is about. It's called emotional self mastery because those thoughts create emotions, especially when they're negative, they create emotions of, of, of limitation of unworthiness of, you know, perfectionism. And we don't have to have those. That's the thing. And we all think that's who we are, but that's not necessarily who we are. So one of the things that I learned was a technique called cancel, cancel. When you catch a thought when you catch yourself saying something negative or limiting to yourself, then you say, cancel, cancel. That's not the truth. The truth is anything's a possibility for me. So if it's like, oh, I can't lose weight. I'll always be heavy. <clears throat> cancel, cancel. That's not the truth. It just takes focus and attention. You know, it doesn't have to be your truth. So, so I love that, that cancel, cancel, because things come into my mind all the time that need to just be, to just be shut up and, and set aside. But you said something I find interesting, because you said it, it was kind of a throwaway thing, but society has changed a lot. And you said, back when I was in college, I saw a therapist. But for people of our age group, that wasn't something people talked much about. And yet mm-hmm. nowadays, it's considered a smart move, because, hey, we all have tough things that we're dealing with. Same thing is true with business coaches. I have done a lot of coaching and for a long time, 10, 15 years ago, clients would be like, you know, oh, I need you to be confidential about this. You know, if they were lawyers or, or business people, they didn't want people to know they had turned to a business coach, you know, to help them with presentation skills or with business development <laughs> skills. And yet now people are like, you know, they hire me and they put it on on their Facebook pages. Hey, I'm working with this guy to help me do better business development as an attorney or, or whatever. And it's like, wow, my how, how times have changed. Um, so why do you think society in, and business in general is now really open to the idea of business coaching for things like mindset like you're doing or therapy for the people who work on their teams to be able to just, you know, be, be better able to cope? Why do you think society has changed? And I think it's for the better. Oh, I agree with you completely. I, I think there's a, there's a, a big need. And I think sometimes um, counselors come with a weird kind of backstory or baggage associated with them. And you, they think, oh, that's psychological. Well, we're all psychological. <laughs> but the thing is, and so coaches, you know, I kind of straddle the world of personal and business because they're, they're not really separate. And I work with a lot of, like you said, I work with a lot of lawyers, actually, and some physicians. And, it, you know, it's so interesting. Oh, and a contractor and a restaurateur. And yeah, anyway. And the point is, is that we all need somebody to confide in. We all need somebody to come bounce ideas off. And, and what's happening or has happened in our personal life can very much influence how we're doing in our professional lives. Because the two, you can't, that whole old adage, you may remember it, Tom, where they would say, yeah, leave your problems at the door when you walk into the office. Well, that's not reality. And reality is whatever we call it. So we can change our reality at any point in time. A lot of that has to do with how we're thinking, what we're thinking, and how frequently we're thinking what we're thinking. So... (laughs) Did you follow that? Yeah, no, absolutely. So Cheryl, I've got a couple more questions for you. But first, I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. 
So this episode, like all of them, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing people who are making waves in business like Cheryl Jones. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know, I know that many of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. All right, so Cheryl, the people who listen to the show, they want to make waves. They want to shake things up in business. So what are a few stories you've had from clients you've worked with who've changed their mindset, who have then rocked it? So this is the fun part. So you mentioned lawyers a little while ago, and I worked with several different lawyers. And what I've noticed is sometimes they're all about doing the lawyering part, the legal part, and they're not so good at collections or asking for money. And they're probably not the only professional that has a problem with that. Quite often other professionals do as well, but the collections part just kills them. And then they end up working for free or a lot less money than they could be working for, right? Because they haven't collected it. And so um, there's been a couple of attorneys that I've worked with where I've worked with them not only on upping their retainer fees so that they would have less to bill at the end, but also with their collections. And as it turned out, quite often they had, were having difficulty. Again, their mindset was, oh, I can't ask for money. But as soon as we cleared up the, the stuff they had around that, they were able to do that. And now there's no problem. So, you know, so that's one of the really cool things. One of the other people I worked with was also a a lawyer and she was having some internal issues with her sisters in her family. And that was, you know, what happens when a parent dies or both parents die and you've got to deal with all the crap that's left over. And there's not only the physical crap, but then it's the financial stuff. And it was just kind of like she was the executor and just didn't want to deal with it because it was so contentious between her siblings, or at least she thought it was going to be. And so what was happening that was bleeding over into her business. So she wasn't getting paid. She wasn't asking for money. Same kind of situation. Once we cleared up the family stuff, the other stuff took care of itself. It was absolutely amazing. Mm. And I have a contractor I work with, a general contractor, who's just a sweetheart. And he was, I mean, every time I saw him, everybody was in the rears for him. He was just not getting paid. And he was owed a lot of money from big organizations and wasn't able to get it. And we started, well, he wasn't asking for it again. This was all kind of money related, I'm just noticing. But um, as soon as we started clearing up stuff with his self-esteem and not feeling worthy and those kinds of things, it was kind of funny how one phone call and the checks were being written. It was, I mean, just amazing. One other guy, this will be my last story for you, but one other guy was an upper management um, manager within a uh, multi-franchised um, pizza company. And so they had lots and lots of stores and he man, he was the over, he was a regional guy, but his dream was to start a marketing firm. But there was so much self-doubt and lack of confidence that he couldn't even get that thing started. He knew he had the skill sets 
to do it, but he couldn't get it off the ground. So once we cleared up all the crap that was in the background that was weighing him down, he was able to start that marketing company. And then he landed a huge, a huge national account for, I mean, they were just barely out of the, out of the box, so to speak. You know, they think he'd been in business like two or three months and he landed a major account. So some really cool things happen when you get your mindset in alignment with what your goals are. So basically what you're saying is when you can fix that mindset, you can make more money and you can make more impact in your business. So I think that's why people need to to focus on this. So your book is called Emotional Self-Mastery. Tell us about the book. So the book talks about the psychology of it, if you will, the science behind mindsets and how you can change them. It has 12 techniques in it. That's a great place to start if you're trying to understand why, you know, why you keep having unpleasant things happen to you. you know? And there's 12 techniques in there will help you change the direction of your life, change your thought process, change your mindset and move to move you to a better place. All right, as we wrap this up then, what's one thing you wish every business executive knew about mindset? One thing I wish every business executive knew about mindset is that they're not the only one with one. All the people that report to them also have a mindset. And to pay attention to what they're saying to themselves and what they're saying to their team members because they may be setting them up to have a limited mindset instead of a growth mindset. Awesome. Well, and one of the best books I ever read is Carol Dweck's book, Mindset. And it's a great read if you want to go really deep into uh, the growth mindset versus the set mindset. So that's that's a great book to go and read. All right, Cheryl, thank you so much for being a guest here on Making Waves at Sea Level. If people want to find you, how do they find Cheryl Jones? They can find me at Simply the Best Results with an S on the end, simplythebestresults.com. And they can also email me at Cheryl, C H E R Y L, at simplythebestresults.com. And I always have available to anybody who's interested a 30 minute discovery call to find out what my, where your mindset is and what we can do to change it. All right. Go check her out for that free 30 minute mindset changing phone call. All right. Thanks again, Cheryl, for being here. And thanks to everybody who tuned in and listened. I say it every single time. If it wasn't for the audience, why would I even do this podcast? We are coming up on seven years and 700 episodes, and it has been a very fun journey for me. Uh, I've met amazing people who have helped me along the way uh, through this podcast, and I'm not stopping anytime soon. So uh, please, you can find everything about me at tom at tomsinger.com is my email. Check out my website, tomsinger.com, and tune in every single week, two two episodes a week, where we're going to interview people who are making waves, shaking things up, and doing cool things. And then go out there, flex your business muscles, make sure that your career ladder is against the correct wall because nothing's worse than climbing a career ladder to find out you're in the wrong place. And while you're out there doing all this stuff, have some fun along the way. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.